Okay, so it's a Japanese product, I believe, and it's uh, it it was originally invented to help with expectant of fathers who, or guys who wanted to be fathers, guys who are trying to produce sperm. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some science or some research um, to suggest that the cooler um, your gonads, well, that's why they're outside, right? Yeah, that's why they're outside your body to keep them below core human temperature. Now, you you're a father. You're you're not a father. No. I got married last year and I'm trying to become a father. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, am I at a disadvantage being in a tropical climate because my testes are hot? Possibly. And do you know what? I, I just want to show you something now that's not going to be good for our podcast listeners. Okay, right? so he's now unzipping his pants. You're not going to whip out your sack, are you? <laughs> we have a fan at the end of our bed, right? My wife's got a fan and I've got a fan. We don't have air con. So we both have fans at the end of the bed pointing, okay. pointing at us. Wow, dude. Okay. So Mickey's demonstrated by lying flat on his back with his legs spread. Um, so, so you're waking up with... Yeah, because I wake up and my legs are in terrible pain because they're like, I'm like doing the splits because they're both open and the fan's just directly on my balls. So I'm wondering if sort of in, in REM or whatever, in a REM cycle, um, you know, my body's kind of saying... You're too hot. Cool the cool the scrub yeah. down, lad. Yeah, <laughs> but, but these pants. I mean, they're originally for on, like yeah, paternity, pants, but right. apparently they become, you know, particularly in the hot season, uh, in Vietnam especially, they've become very popular for guys who are just commuting around town just yeah, to keep their worse keep their balls cool. But that's that's kind of I like it. When you get to be my age, you know, you've completely lost your sack elasticity. <laughs> so it's, I mean, you know, it, it would take it would take minus 20 to cause any type of retraction at all. You know, and, and you head in there in the morning and that water in the bowl's getting mighty close every day. But uh, so I, I don't know, I don't know if the, if the cooling sack pack would, uh, would, would cause, you know, much more production. Of course, after 50, supposedly you shouldn't have kids because your chances of having an autistic kid really go through the ceiling. So they say, yeah. 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 Well, that's the voice of Tommy, uh, who's, I can't believe to, to say, well, what's, your, what's your surname? Duncan. Remember. Tommy Duncan. Tommy Thanks. Duncan. Um, you're 54. I am. He looks bloody good for 54, doesn't he, Thank James? you. Yeah, it's a uh, life, well. life of leisure in the tropics. That's what go. it is, yeah. Loose women and fast cars no loose cars and fast, fast motorcycle well, taxis i mean you know 125 cc novo i don't know how fast that <laughs> is but so what what's the technology in these pants and is it just like one of those kind of cooling strips that you put in the freezer or something i think that's exactly what it is oh. yeah it's just like a <laughs> not in the freezer though right? oh, that, be. Oh, yeah, I think it start off really really cold yes, and then just you know throughout the day get a little bit warmer but, i mean if, if there are some females listening do you do you suffer with sweaty vaginas <laughs> can you can is that me? yes do you suffer with sweaty vaginas and can you please write in uh this strange life podcast at gmail.com um because it's it's sometimes pretty harrowing for a man 
uh, when the temperature gets right up there and you've got really kind of sweaty uh, balls. So there could be a, a potential market for female um, yeah. cold panties as well. Yeah, that's got an insert, some kind of small insert. Yeah, well. it's like, well, you know, they wear pantyhose, and that kind of traps everything in there. And and you know, I guess I guess you could put some slits in there, and they either ventilate them or you know. Yeah. I think a small electric fan might be interesting. Why not? Like one of those you that know? you get on a baseball cap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you yeah. basically have a peak yeah. above the yes. knickers. That's uh, right. With with a small fan. Yeah. <laughs> it could become dangerous. Uh, You'd well, want, it, it might the, give you a Brazilian. You'd want the, uh, the British <laughs> standard kite mark on that, wouldn't you? You certainly would, yeah. <laughs> certainly don't want it made in Thailand. No, Taiwan. No, Cambodia. <laughs> which, which place don't we like? Um, yeah. Anyway, what were we, what were we, what well, were we, we supposed to Well, we're only three minutes in, today? and we're already talking about vaginas and balls. Mm. Uh, so that's par for the course with, with our podcast. We've got that out the way. Uh, yeah, so let's, let's be serious from here on out, James, all right? James, I'm telling you, absolutely no talk of genitals at all. Okay, so let's move on or to um, middle-aged um, suicide. Oh, oh fucking mm. hell. Right, oh, that's a, real, a, a real Debbie down. Yeah, that, that's, that's... No, no, I like suicide. Let, let, let's, move, let's move swiftly on. Um, yeah, Jim, so... Jim Algie published an article, and yeah. Jim was a guest on this show, yep. on this Strange Life Number before. Number 50-something, maybe. Yeah. And um, we all read the article this morning. It's about um, celebrity uh, suicide, um, uh, particularly males, white males in their 50s. And uh, White males in their 50s. I mean, there's not um, a less cared about class there, is there? Absolutely. I mean, I imagine a about... lot of people are glad that there are a lot fewer white males on the planet. Yeah, exactly. In their yeah. 50s. We're, we're kind of mm. Neanderthal in our thinking these <laughs> days, you know. Well, we are. Well, some of us are. But... Well, I certainly am, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, Yo it, it's, bien. but but it's it, you, you are right that we're. I, I think if do you not think if it was um, you know a, a black or or Asian people dying or whatever, <coughs> it would be. I, I don't know. I think that perhaps the spotlight would be on it a little bit more. Perhaps this this age group and this gender were once kind of world leaders and uh, you know business leaders and the top yeah. of their career. So that's the why, um, right? And, and now it's, it's become less and less. It's become more of a disadvantage and less of a, an advantage. I think one of the difficult things, especially, you know, being 54 and, you know, a lot of my friends are significantly older, we grew up in a completely different matrix than exists today. Yeah. And, and if you look at guys, you know, a little bit older, I mean, the pace... The pace of change for them has been a little different. But for us, you know, our entire world is basically gone. And, you know, we're in our early to mid-50s, and we're ex post facto. Technology has passed us by. Mm. Some of our ideas about, about gender, about sexuality, you know, we're, kind of, we're mm. kind of scowled at. So here we are when, you know, I mean, my dad hit the peak of his career yeah. in his 50s and early 60s. That were that, that, those really? were his biggest, oh, those yeah. were oh, his so biggest earn, earning There's some years. hope for us yet then. No, no, my point is there's not. <laughs> there's not, is Because that? by now, you oh. know, I mean, that's that's when they were upper managers, okay, right, okay. CE, CEOs, and, and, you know, the, the wisdom was 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 there in the experience. Mm. Now you got you got dudes who are done by the time they're thirty five. Now you know that's kind of fine, but I mean, what type of type of leadership skills can you really have? So we were looking forward to oh man, I'm going to be you know 
kicking some serious tail in my 50s and early 60s and now mm. it's like hey, riding a yacht hey, old bastard <laughs> you know i mean that's really that's really the way it is and the things that we you know the, the music yeah. we relate to all that kind of stuff just that matrix doesn't exist anymore know. it's been completely I kinda like replaced cutting edge electronic music but yeah i thought i'd be looking for a parking space for my yacht you know down in Phuket, and instead i'm looking for a parking space for my, for my moped <laughs> outside of my shitty condo in the middle of Bangkok. But. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, of course, everything always gets more expensive, but, yeah. you know, if we look at Bangkok 20 years ago, you know, it was a lot edgier. It was what, very what's different. What's your background, Tommy? What, what do you, what, well, do you, what did you do? What do you I've, do? I've, um, educationally, uh, undergrad art history, grad anthropology, then I'm a Ooh. weirdo. I taught in the United States. I taught high school, yeah. uh, advanced reading, PSAT, SAT review, world geography. Then I worked as a project manager for a video game company in the wow. mid to late 90s. And then I came over here and I had a jewelry company. We did model making and design for a couple of De Beers site holders. Really? Then I've kind of, yeah, and I've kind of, you know, last few years kind of next to nothing because it's just, you know, it's more difficult. I mean, you can't really... It's, it's so how do you make your, your brass? Well, I, you know, I have some, I have some, some money back home that is invested right. and you know oh, nice. gives me a little bit mm. uh so i kind of just you know try to live frugally and not you know mm. I, i've seen a few expats here and i'm not saying you're one of them with what they call old money you know like money that's come down through yeah. generations and they're just here just uh, excuse me uh yeah yeah they're, they're, they're basically their family has passed them down money through the generations and they're just here like either pissing up the wall or or investing it i've seen one i know one guy who actually invests in a couple of small businesses He's pretty cool actually so i think well there's everybody here isn't there really there's there's you know yeah i mean <laughs> there's, there's all sorts i mean uh tommy just before the um just before we started recording we were talking about the the termite back 20 years ago and uh the landscape in bangkok mm. was I, I came here in 2001 and i think yeah, it's a couple of right years before, before that, yeah, yeah. Mm. The, the the and and the whole yeah the, the gender identification thing and the uh, uh-huh. um uh, what it means to be um a white male in southeast asia is uh, a little it's bit changed. different now it's a little bit different uh, but also, it's become a much more international, cosmopolitan city. You know, there's uh, there's uh, a whole kind of uh, mishmash of people here from all across the world. I mean, it's a truly international city, and that's kind of what I like about it. You can meet someone from, uh, you know, I was having having a, a, a lunch meeting with an Icelandic film producer this afternoon, and I'm <laughs> really? here with you guys, um, <coughs> and um, yeah, you meet people from all over the place, which is. What, what kind of was the way it was back then, uh, but, but in I, a different, in a di- in a very different way. It it was kind of more like if you look at it felt you know, like Henry more of an Miller's adventure. exactly yeah, Henry Miller's yeah. Paris in the 1920s, and I mean if you look at you know on the subject of white men, if you look at like art, literature, things like that, it's kind of the drinking, mongering louts that did a lot of this. Creation, but now. But if you, yeah, I mean, Bukowski and. Well, I just did a five thousand word um, review article for Noir Nation International Crime Magazine, and um, this was my whole point. You know that 
uh, the early guys who wrote like crime fiction and I write crime fiction were the likes of you know Dashiell Hammett who mm -hmm. himself was an actual detective for Pinkerton Agency and uh, Raymond Chandler who was a heavy drinker and kind of uh, you know he frequented the kind of places that criminals frequent um, <laughs> and the, the Bangkok kind of literary crime fiction movement that was around in the late 90s mm -hmm. and early 2000s were from the same kind of tradition Absolutely. you know are these are kind of people we, we that have like a whiskey decanter in their office exactly yeah. yeah and you know you have to, i think if you're writing crime fiction you have to kind of get inside the, the mindset of the criminal and you have mm. to you have to drink with these people and you have to go into bars where there's you know there's 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 women that are selling more than drinks you know and you know it's all quite dark and decadent and you get inside the mind of this uh, society um but now you're, you're just not allowed to do that you're I right mean, i mean if you if you're a crime writer an artist filmmaker um dabbling in in that kind of genre um you've got to take a uh, an outside exterior view of this world and make judgments uh, on it you know you have to have a um a, a cause that you're fighting for um and it, it's not good enough just to get inside of the mind of a criminal in a dangerous town and let the reader follow you through their um you know towel of uh, adventure you have to actually make a judgment on how society should be and it has to be a well-educated um, judgment with um, you know a, lo a lot of the writers are academics nowadays rather than you know mm. men of the street well, you also spoke to this in your your articles on uh, southeast asian authors right that you know you you, you spoke to some of these you but know, these, I mean, themes as well burgess, burgess got down with the people with the locals and uh, um Graham Greene did to a certain extent. George Orwell did. He was a police officer, you know, in Burma. You know, he really was, um, you know, eye to eye with real criminals. You know, he wasn't a pretender. Now, uh, if you do this, you might be accused of cultural appropriation. Exactly. And coming from the guy who wrote, you know, 1984 and uh, Animal Farm later on, you know. Um, <coughs> so, and the best records of history are by the people like Orwell and Jack London and people that got down with the real, you know, Bukowski as well, you know, Burroughs, people that got down with the real criminals and society and made notes about it. And as I mentioned, Henry Miller, who's Miller. probably my he favorite. He wouldn't be published now. He wouldn't, no, he wouldn't, he wouldn't. wouldn't have a, pub, uh, no. a platform. Nope. What did Miller write for someone who's Tropic, stupid? Tropic of Cancer, which I would say is the book I've read more times than any other mm. book. I've annotated it. It's basically... You know, Miller and his friends in Paris drinking and whoring and, mm. you know, in, in the 20s. And it's just beautiful. It's oh, it's fantastic. There's there's one point where he and his friend Van Dorn are absolutely hammered and they've got this working girl up on a stool and they're looking at her snatch. And Miller just looks at him and he goes, it's just a hole. It's just <laughs> a hole. And there's all these just wonderful wonderful vignettes throughout it about mm. you know drinking oh that would be hey, oh it's a that would be hashtag me too like immediately oh, now oh, wouldn't oh, it oh, oh, yeah absolutely but what i i worry about where this kind of radical left movement has taken us and where that's and how that's going to manifest itself in another 20 years are we are we just going to be left with a load of inane well it's uh, silent um grey mm. pop artists who are just Kellogg's cornflakes and, you know, it's just shit and 
everyone's desexualized and and depersonalized and nobody's got a personality you know what i mean is is that what is that where we're heading that we're just going to go into bland world i think it, i think it definitely could be I, I i also think that a lot of this a, lo- a lot of these movements are kind of uh, you know movements that kind of both sides feed in in order to create a real distraction from the economic damage that both yeah. political sides are doing. But yes, I, I kind of agree with you. And I do you think the political it. elites manufacture it I, that I, way? I, I don't think... I'm, do I'm think not, it's just I'm, human nature? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but what yeah. I think is these people are opportunists. They see this and say, oh, we, we, can, use, yeah. we can use this. But I, I do, I do that's, think that's that... Good, good I do way. think that it's going to get, again say, you know, outside of the matrix we grew up with, I do think it's going to get a lot more boring for those of us who, you Like know, it a little bit dirty. Yeah, like, like, like See, a see the filth, perfection you know. and imperfection. Yes, who? Yeah. But it, I mean, it's censored at publication level rather than at a political level, you know, so publishers won't um, well, run... Self-censor. Yeah, they won't run an article right, okay. or, or publish a book that's uh, risky in the way really? the, the way Miller was. Or Interesting. The way so this is pretty much blanket. Yeah, it's, it's, wow. market, it's market. And it's a silent censorship as well because they won't actually, you know, admit... Because the, the far left can't admit that um, they're censoring. So yeah, they, because they they're, just a, don't they're, they're free speech. Everyone should be able to... Free well, that's yeah. the thing. And there's many good things about, uh, you know... Um, the, the left movement at the moment, you know, I think the gender identification thing is awesome, and we we saw that in uh, in Bangkok, you know, year twenty years ago, it was sure. not a problem to identify with um, either gender. And they've um, handled it better than anybody else exactly. on the planet, I think. Um, but I think that I, don't, I really don't think there's anything wrong with you know James Bond, the early you know Doctor No, and absolutely, uh, you know, I think it's good entertainment. Um, <coughs> My name's Plenty, Plenty O'Toole, named after your father, I suspect. <laughs> Pussy galore. <laughs> I was just texting Jordan then. Uh, for those of you that are missing Jordan's uh, sultry tones, uh, he's, he's held up on a flight because of the fucking rain. Uh, just, just to make a complete detail, did anyone get caught in the fucking traffic on Friday? Oh. Luckily, I work from home. Right. But, oh, wow, but I that come was off, bad. Yeah. I come off yeah. the motorway. You know when you get to n- plunge it? You come off the motorway, it's suck a bit, and plunge it, and you turn left, and you go towards Nana BTS, or you turn yes. right, and you go towards the whatever BTS station. I heard people were there for three hours. Wow. And there was photos of people getting out of the car and just fucking, well, people in taxis just walking down with the suitcases <laughs> and stuff. And what, I mean, okay, there was a little bit of flooding, but why, why does the world turn to shit with a little bit of rain or snow? It's like, can't people handle it? What, what's going on? Well, there should be in Bangkok. There should be more people on public transport. Um, yeah. The, you know, you know when we had those floods, uh, Tommy, um, two thousand eleven, two thousand eleven, and the um, car manufacturers were threatening the Japanese firms were threatening to pull out of Bangkok and take their business to uh, Vietnam. So the government had an idea whereby they were trying to promote more car sales. So, and they would give you cash, right? right. So if you if you decided to buy a Toyota Hilux pickup, they'd give you a hundred thousand baht um, in, in cash if you took out a loan purchase agreement to buy a car. Really? Oh so my God. I mean, that's one of the reasons there's so many cars on the road when you give you're given you know. You don't give people money to take out a loan. I think that is, you know, you're moving into shady territory. Yeah, there. well, especially um, here in Thailand because that, well, that, they, that they, couldn't have, they couldn't afford to be. repay. They're not um, generally, you know, 
lower to middle class working ties are not of a saving and mm. uh, you know long term financial planning um, and disposition. That and, and I, I think that has something to do with the fact they don't really have seasons here as well. So you don't have to save and prepare for oh, the winter. Oh, that's, and that's a wonderful argument about. And you know, I, I guess. Do, do, do you buy that? Buy, I, no, I, I really do because if you look around the globe and you look at the tropics, I, I think how, how many okay, how many first world nations do you see in the tropics? I mean. You, you would say Singapore, but Singapore's a city-state, and it's because Lee Kuan Yew said, well, this is it? what it's we're going the last to few do. Years, yeah. But I, I do think that there's a lot to the argument that, you know, we have to plan You have to suffer a bit in the, in yeah. the, in the winter. And you have yeah. to plan, and, and it, it, it's, the you know, dark, it's, yeah. it's so easy when you can just walk home and go, oh, we can eat this. Yeah, you know, and fruit yeah, on the trees, yeah, yeah. fish in the, in the lakes so all totally year round. It's a totally different mindset. Wow, I've never fucking thought of that before that's oh, yeah. really i think there's something to yeah. it i mean i've not looked into it too much sure there's there some. something in it and so what happens is a lot of people you know they take out loans and stuff and they're not really thinking on a 20-year basis or a 10-year mm-hmm. basis they're thinking on a day-to-day kind mm-hmm. of basis mm-hmm. it'd be nice to have a car um and what and i can get a car and get a hundred thousand baht as well, well given to me yeah. wow that's like that's yeah. not, not bad. Is that it? Was, that territory. was Ying Luck's scheme, I believe. That car scheme. Yes, wasn't it would have it? been. Yeah. Um, and she was really clever during those floods when the the the, the landowners on the, the borders of the city um, let their farms and their lands flood in order to save you know, the metropolitan mm. area. You know, and she was quite. I kind of got a soft spot for you. <laughs> I remember, I remember watching it, watching it progress. You know, my friends in Lod Prow left because Lod Prow flooded, and it kept coming. And you know, I, I live right here in Central Bangkok. I'm like, well, we just got to keep an eye on when we're going to leave. And it came, came down to what about Sapan Kwai, and then stopped. Yeah. And it just, you know, it just that that mm. was it. But I had friends that just, you know, oh, we'll go down to party and you know. I went to go see Chang for the first time, did, and luckily yeah. discovered a really nice um, holiday island down there. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we were evacuated. Were you here in? No, I, I got here uh, December twelfth. Oh, okay. I just so I, I just missed it. But I, I was consulting here at the time, so I, I had to do some designs for some like quick pop-up warehouses and stuff around for Tesc- for Lotus and so yeah, I, I I did feel it a little bit from from over in my uh, uh, swash swish three-bedroom detached house in in harrogate but <laughs> but that's yeah, something you fact, mental that's something you factor in when you're building warehouses or these large um did, did you look at floodplains now and that sort of thing? yeah now we do full flood reports we look at the 2011 flood levels see, yeah. we're yeah. building dikes defenses gates everything we build up the land so it's a, a meter above the pre-existing flood level of 2011 but of course, you know, if you build up your land and then everything around it's flooded, you're fucked anyway. But so, you know, we do try and build in the zones that were were not. But but then again, you know, a lot of people say, well, Mike, if you don't build in the zone that wasn't flooded in 2011, who's to say that that won't get hit next time because they'll open a different. And they reckon sluice, the whole the whole city will be underwater in twenty years or something. Well, like yeah. Did you see my thing Con- about Con- the end Yen of humanity? Would be the new uh, capital. Did, did you hear? Did you see this, James? And, th- and this was uh, this is from an Australian, um, I think, the Australian Defence somebody or something. But look at this, and this is independent.co.uk, so it's not a bullshit thing. Is humanity, that the civilization breakdown? Yeah, by humanity set to end 
Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Huge. In a no, few years' high time. likelihood of human civilization coming to the end by 2050. What do you make to that? Is that just more left wing? Well, well, I think it's a way to get money, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's part of it, but I, I you know, I mean, I've always said for years, and, and it's probably one of my more unpopular positions: is overpopulation is the elephant in the room. And you know, when when I was born, there was what uh, close to four billion people, and we've basically almost doubled that in fifty wow, years. Wow, that's pretty and, amazing. And you know, it's I mean, and a lot of people in the West, in 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 the U.S., places like that, they don't understand because it's not crowded you come to asia and you're like wow i mean there's just people everywhere and you know if we'd have held it at three billion we could consume whatever the hell we know we could consume whatever the hell we want Mm. but you know the amount of pollution that 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 eight billion and if you've ever watched the ted talks with with hans rosling about maximum population he you know he draws all these uh conclusions that Population is control is simply a factor of economic development. So he kind of postulates that our maximum population is going to be about 11 billion, which is still, you know, geez, that's a third, little over a third more than we yeah. have now, and we can't we can't handle this already. And so you know, it's I, I just find it. I'm like, well, you know, God, it's it, but this is this is a question you really can't do anything. But about is, is, isn't there an argument to say? Well, there certainly is an argument. I know it's proven that as people get more educated and they move into cities and they have jobs and stuff, that they have less children. It's exactly what he says. But when you speak, when you're talking about multiples, aren't you? Like a, a hockey stick, basically graph where you get to a certain point, and and even if everyone only has one kid, it's like seven to four. Well, no, if they have two. No, I guess if they have two kids and two parents, then it's the same thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When, when everybody dies, all said and done. But, yeah, I, I do think we'll see a bit of a slowdown. But I wonder if the damage is already done with things like monocrop agriculture. Oh, I think I think it is. I think it is. I think global uh, climate change will resolve the population problem. Yes. Uh, with, yeah. With, with like, it, it, It'll force us. <coughs> extinction in certain... Parts of the, you know, India, for example, is, is looking in a, a it's t- really terrible, but, terrible but situation. Migrate, though. Well, see, that, that's the they'll scary thing, like you can. just said. You're looking at the potential of a billion people being displaced and migrating. Mm. And it's really hard to get our heads around what a migration of a billion people Mass would be. And, and it's, well, in the U.S. now, the corn crops are down everything's becoming a mm. problem. There's plenty of space in the middle of Australia, though, isn't there? We could just send them all there. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice there as well. Yeah. I hear Greenland's nicest time yeah. of year as well. Oh, I, I, wanted, I wanted to put all the fundamentalist religious people in Greenland. I'm sure the Danes <laughs> would be okay with that. And we'll just give them pointed <laughs> sticks. But aren't, is, isn't there an argument to say, though, that maybe as... <laughs> I'm not going to say anything controversial. Maybe as... Um, uh, climate change takes hold that the middle of Australia might become tropical or cold you know because things will change weather systems change don't they so some places are going to be fucked and other places that were previously uninhabitable might become habitable yeah it's interesting maybe yeah maybe Siberia will uh, you know yeah maybe Antarctica will melt and reveal a wonderful tropical paradise <laughs> and yeah. cities of gold <laughs> with a very high skin cancer rate is that where the hole in the ozone layer Well, is? yeah, I mean, when you get down there, it's pretty brutal. I mean, I Nobody guess New Zealand's the worst. Nobody talks about that anymore, do they? Do you remember that? There's a hole yeah, in the, the ozone layer, CFC-free shit. And where, where did the hole in the ozone layer go? I think Ebola and everything disappeared up it and plugged it. Oh, the, the, the kind of cynic inside of me, and there is a, there's a strong cynic inside oh, of me, I know, does, does, does often 
you know, suggest that, um, you know, capitalists create problems in order to create solutions that they then put a price tag on. Yes. You know, and... You do have a little bit of a tinfoil hat. Yeah. Well, I think that can be kind of because that's the problem. Proven. Create the problem. Create the solution. Yeah, blah, 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 yeah. It's, it's all uh, it's all back to well, uh, see, I Bernays, agree. isn't it? I agree with you. I think when they say, but I would say from an opportunist standpoint, they say, "Oh, this scientist reported this. How can we make money off of it?" I, I definitely yes, see yeah. that. Yeah, but you don't think it's the other way around? No, I think I just don't think they're that. I don't think they're that bright. Really, a lot of them. I really, I really don't. I just think that they. I think they see something and they're smart enough to latch on to it and, and go, wow, we can, we can milk this for all it's worth. I was thinking that today. I was wearing one of those um, face masks because the pollution's quite bad still in Bangkok. And um, there's a lot of these masks around town. And it would have been a wonderful business opportunity to, to advertise on these things. Yeah, I was thinking, why hasn't anyone thought of that there's, yet? Well, you know, there's, there's the channel. dude that's making them here. That's the guy you should have. It's Style Seal. Style Seal is the one that's made in Thailand. And, the, and the, it, it's, it's a good mass. That would be interesting. Yeah, hey, you, we can put ads on these things. Yeah, give them away for free. Oh, and put like an LCD screen on it, and you can have like moving images and all that. <laughs> <laughs> a little fan there to keep you cool as yeah. well. Tell me, why why is no one taking the space on a baseball cap like you've got on there, mm-hmm. Tommy, and made it like a little bit of a screen? Even if not for advertising, but just like the swoosh on the Nike thing would like, whoosh, you know, or the Adidas three stripes would kind of... My God, that's it offensive. That, it can't be that expensive. Oh, though, can I it can't be, but it's offensive. Oh, why? man. I mean, that's... I, I would just find that horrific. No, no, but you, you're wearing a Nike cap, so yes. you like the brand, yeah. and then it... Moves. And it's animated. Oh, yeah! Lord. You have like a little USB thing. It plugs to your phone or whatever, wireless. There's a. Um, I like the people have those shirts, but they're quite heavy, aren't they? Where they have yeah, the, that's right. Where they, they have those the battery and on stuff them. on there. I think wearables. They say wearables uh, are coming in, don't they? Well, I mean the whole Apparently the whole thing. The re- whole, they're the, really starting to get it now. The like. whole IoT Internet of Things. Everything is 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 going to going to be connected i mean if you look at amazon web services now they're larger than the next 23 cloud providers together that they're i mean i look at it and i go oh my god this could be skynet and Mm. when you look at when you look at machine learning and you look at ai i'll give you a quick example that i heard at a at a at a a dell symposium at one point Um, they said okay picture this you wake up one morning and your alarm goes off and it says it's going to rain today and your umbrella starts to beep, and it says, it's going to rain today. Take me. And you're like, yeah, I don't want to take my umbrella. And so you get in your car, turn your car on, and your car says, you need to have your umbrella. It's going to rain. You ignore it. It rains. Get wet. Three, four days later, you sound like James, and you have a cold. You go to your doctor. Get treated. You've got a cold. You go up to claim on your insurance and says, hey, your insurance is only going to pay 25% of this claim because you didn't take your umbrella when it rained. Oh, now, shit. this no, this is this is Sounds re- like a Black Mirror episode. No, this Smart is city. reality and this is coming way sooner than oh, you think. Fuck. I mean, Internet of Things is and edge computing is here. These these things are happening. We 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 have there are programs now. Uh, a friend of mine does does AI. And and they've developed a program for for it works for diabetics and you put in your blood sugar 
and your heart rate, and then you, you, they're, they're getting to the point where they can just, you just take a picture of what you eat. And over a period of time, it learns how your body mm. reacts to certain foods blood sugar-wise. And it, it, if it thinks you're getting in trouble, if it knows you're getting in trouble, it'll start sending you alerts. You need to eat this now. And then that this could be uh, linked up to the smart fridge. And oh, when, absolutely. And when you start ordering your shit. Yeah, you could order you stuff online. Absolutely. So the guy knocks on the door with the delivery. Then you put it in the smart fridge. And then some lights go on the LED display yes. on the smart fridge to say you have what you need in the fridge. And if you put like something... Like and then, a, and then a one day, the cake in there, it starts beeping and telling yeah. you to remove yeah. it right and then, now. And then one day, the Amazon driver turns up with a massive, like, black dildo. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> what the fuck have I been thinking <laughs> or feeling? <laughs> no, but I mean, this is this is our reality. The, no, in this the next five I, to I ten years. Love, I, I love the, the, the scenario there you just pointed out because I can absolutely see that happening. We've mentioned it's on the show about Google Maps as well, and uh, I think this is a terrible application that you need. I think we need to get lost now and again, I would particularly agree with in you. a city, because that's Absolutely. only because there's a certain part of our. We're, we're, we're nomadic creatures, and we're used to, um, you know, migrating to new places, and that part of our brain for 400,000 years has always been exercised. Mm. And now we're arriving at a place and a time where we're not exercising that part. Of the mind, and I think our, you know our mental development's going to suffer. Yeah, spatial um, awareness, sense spatial of direction. awareness, and there's you know there's been some research recently on this. The the the, the part of the brain, the, the hippo uh, hippocampus, hippocampus, um, is not being stimulated um, due hmm. to overuse of Google Maps, and uh, that part of the mind, the brain, is also um, responsible for scientific discoveries. Hmm. And you know you need you need to and get lost in order to find. It's probably the part that gives you Alzheimer's as well. That was in the article also. Interesting. Yeah, yeah mm. the people that Be- because they used to say, didn't they? If if you want to avoid Alzheimer's, take a different route to work every day. Move to another country, get a new job. Yeah, you know, discover because a new then you're city. not on autopilot all yeah. the time, and you're using these these kind of senses and parts of the brain are being fired up, and and neural pathways have been created that or, exactly. or re-established that were since like old overgrown country lanes you know with potholes in them and shit and you got suddenly you've got a brand new three lane highway there because you've moved to Thailand and slept with yeah, a couple now of we have machine learning that can uh, that can do all that for us yeah That's but is it, I was thinking well actually I heard it on a podcast actually but it's interesting that the internet seems to initially allow for all these small companies these mom and pop companies um and then it kind of like then congregate. What's the word? Congregate. That isn't the right word, is it? Conglomerates. It, yeah, like it builds a conglomerate. Yes. Like, and now you've got for videos, you've got YouTube. For like deliveries, you've got <coughs> Amazon. For web, you've got Google. Uh, you know, and for uh, whatever entertainment, you've got Netflix. You know, and and I think all these smaller companies are going to are going to disappear. But Mike, over the isn't next that is, isn't that just a, a a feature of modern corporate capitalism? capitalism. Absolutely, Maybe. That's, I mean, I think that's exactly what it is. I think if you don't, no, if you no, don't but, break but the only these difference companies is, up, but Tommy, the only difference is that that twenty years ago you'd go into any uh, county uh, in in the U.S., any state in the U.S., and they'd all have morning TV shows and all that kind of shit, and are all they disappearing now? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you look at radio, I mean, it's Clear Channel now. I mean, it's all been, it, it's all Serious. corporate. And, mm-hmm. and in the U.S., when we did away with the, 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 the Fairness Act, 
I mean, that really had a huge blow to, to journalistic integrity in the United States. And, you know, now, now you just can, that, that, that opened up the door for things like Fox News. Mm. And, you know, in my hometown, years ago in Fort Worth, Texas, I mean, we had two papers and one was known as like, it was like England. Yeah. One was the left-leaning paper yeah. and one was yeah. the, the right-leaning yeah. paper. And, and you just don't have that anymore. And everything has just become this one mass. And, you know, mm. it's almost like, How you know, it's almost like the, well, it's almost like the Sherman Antitrust Act never happened. And, you know, the U.S., everybody has this strange vision of the U.S., but, you know, you got to remember the U.S. was formed by wealthy landowners who wanted a landed aristocracy as, as mm. opposed to a king. It was, all men were, are created equal if you're a rich landowner. I mean, they allowed <laughs> humans to own other humans. And this, and, and the U.S. has always been a struggle between human rights and property rights. And for the majority of 200 plus years, property rights have always trumped human rights. It was only during the period from, from basically Teddy Roosevelt until the late 1970s that, that we had a chance. And you know, that's what, what, what's when I the grew ship? up. What's the ship, James, that all the people came across on the, the Mayflower? The Mayflower. Yeah. Well, I mean, the yeah. reforms of, of Teddy and Franklin Roosevelt paved the way for the American middle class. And they've mm. all been, it took them 50 years, but they've all been undone. Mm. And now the middle class is unraveling and, and you're left with this hyper-powerful elite, horrible Gini coefficient, huge inequality. But this is the way America's been except for like 50 years of his existence. Mm. And, and all the old people, all the baby boomers, I'm a first-year Gen Xer, and all the baby I boomers hate are baby going. Boomers. They fucked it up for all of us. Well, they but they grew up in a like I said, they grew up in a different matrix when things were pretty fair because of these left-leaning policies, especially in America. But d don't you now feel an idiot for listening to your mum and dad about anything ever? <laughs> I do. What the fuck did they know? They were gorillas. They were monkeys. They they didn't know anything. They they were fed to fucking Edward Bernays and. Well, they were a very lucky, very fortunate generation. They were. They were. And, uh, and they didn't know anything. They didn't know about and, and, and they fought. That they, were, they came from a, a, okay, a really yeah, yeah. hard, tough background, which really, it's not as tough as bringing up three kids in Bangkok, for fuck's sake. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not as tough as they made out. Yeah, they're, but they, they were all like, drugs are bad and, you know, don't go near, you know, marijuana and... They were just brainwashed. They were brainwashed, James. I know my parents were hippies. They oh, were, were they? Yeah, they were smoking oh, cool. dope and everything. But still, they they were they were lucky with with, makes with, with property. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they could. Everybody could afford a house back then. Yeah. You know, my only one person had to work. That's right. Pensions. That's right. They all got pensions. fucking fuck off big pensions, pensions, and now we're left to pick up the bill. <laughs> you could retire. I yep. can't see myself ever retire. <laughs> no, I will never retire. I, I'm I'm resigned to the fact that I work until I die, and that's fine. Because I quite enjoy what I do, and at the moment I can choose my own hours, and if I have it my own way, I'll be earning money with music in the next couple of years, but that's a different story. And I think what you've got to do now is just find something you love to do and, and do that. We were going to touch on music, weren't we? Because hmm. uh, Tommy, Tommy plays guitar. Tommy yes. plays guitar. Tommy sure plays guitar. I play with uh, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew Fisher, and I also play with a guy named Ryan Holwier, too really good American singer-songwriters and kind of play alt-country Americana nice. type stuff and, you know, kind of Wilco-esque and yeah. know, things like that. Can so we hear any of your stuff online? Uh, you can look up Matthew Fisher and the Fishes and there's quite a few YouTube. Are you a Fishes? I'm do, a fish. do a nice cover of uh, 
Velvet Underground's Waiting for My Man. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's set. a fun one. Nice, really nice choppy rhythm guitar playing. It's becoming, it's becoming, you know, I, I mean, I think you said you're in electronic music. I think Bangkok is probably mm. one of the best places, you know, in the world right now for electronic music. But for every, I mean, you know, all the EDM shows, all that, my, my gal loves going to those and they all sell EDM. out. They say. <coughs> well, I mean, whether you like that or not, but a lot of the, you know. I like sophisticated, deep tech house there you, you go know, okay. very very uh very niche and very it's <laughs> no, well you know I'm it's sorry, the interesting thing is dubstep is live live music in 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 bangkok has become more difficult because yeah. of early closing times yes. because of noise ordinances because of more expensive and alcohol th- this tough. is br- this this is exactly what you said to me tommy before the podcast that everyone wants to move away from bangkok i i was in i was in vietnam the other the other month there Late night parties, fucking music on all night. Yes. They're welcoming yes. people. It was it was really really good. Yes. And here we spoke about ad nauseum on this podcast, haven't we, James? That it's just like they they want people out. They they yes. they don't want us here yeah. anymore. I, I've had enough. I really, really have. Yeah, it's just not the place well, it was. Well, been here twenty years, years ago. Though, you know? Well, I mean, I, I I mean, at my age, I'm, as I told you all before the podcast, I I'm looking for places that will make residency easy for me so mm. I can be secure as yeah. I get older. And, and I, you know, I really love this place and I, I really wish they were like, hey, man, you know, you were in a business, you paid all these taxes, you know, here's permanent residency, you don't need a work permit. But it's just not, I just don't think it's going to be something that we're going to <laughs> see. I don't think we're going to see things loosen for quite some time. I really think That's that right. the course is set. Mm. It's when you see, like, we got a mutual friend, Spike, <coughs> and he was yes. at immigration recently, and he, he was taking photos of these these guys that had come into immigration on, not not wheelchairs, but actual trolley Gurneys. beds. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's waiting. I mean, it's ridiculous. Fuck off. It's really? ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and they're getting drip deported. attached, you know, um, yeah, having to sign the docs, and, you know, it's just, it's oh inhumane. It's a human rights issue. A lot of these go- older guys... You know, having well, to I have insurance believe, yeah, now. Yeah, there's ninety year olds that <coughs> said, right, you should. You, okay, previously it was four hundred thousand baht. Now it's eight hundred thousand baht. Yeah. You've got a wife, you've got kids, you've got a house here. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. You're gone. Yeah, back to the yeah. UK. We're what not am I going to do? Live in a fucking nursing home. What I mean, a horrible situation the, the, to be in. It is. Is, that, then, if it, is that humane though? On on a human rights. It's a human rights issue. I mean, we wouldn't do that in the UK, would we? Someone who'd been there 20 years or whatever, and they had one. We'd do it. We'd do it in the US, unfortunately, and we are doing it. We're doing it to children. We're doing horrible things. But I just think this is the the world is going in a very uh, authoritarian right wing direction. Why are the countries? I think. Why I, are the borders? I, why don't we just forget? I, well, all I that? totally agree with you, but I think that this is this has a lot to do with. Um, God, how can I how can I say this? It's a lot to do with the destabilization and mass migration out of the Middle East. The United States really started in the 1950s mm. with the coup against Mossadegh in Iran, and trying to you know encourage perpetual war in that area. But I mean, if you look at Europe, I mean, a, a lot of the immigrants, and I, I hate to say this, I mean, some of them are wonderful, but a lot of them want to come in and change the, the very yeah. fabric. Of, of what European society is, mm. which is openness. And, you know, I, I say one thing I love. Caliphate. One thing I love about Singapore, and, you know, Lee Kuan Yew basically said, you know what? You're living in the same block with this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. If you don't like it, tough shit. You go down to Gaylang, where else in the world do you have mosques, 
Chinese restaurants, brothels, Christian churches, all next to each other, and nobody's trying to screw with anybody else. To mm-hmm. me, and you know what? You can't make fun of people in people's religion in Singapore. There are certain restrictions. And you know what? I'm okay. I used to not be okay with restrictions like that. I am now, as long as we can have the mosque, the brothel, the Chinese restaurant, and the bar next to each other. To me, that's what yeah. it's really all it's about. utopia. <laughs> it, it really is, but it takes. Unfortunately, get a beer, have some food, get a shag, and then go and confession. Yeah, and then go, then go. You know, and they have those super churches as well, don't you, they? They, you have to. But the thing is, unfortunately, and I think what the left loses in America, you have to be kind of dictatorial in order for that to happen. There has to yeah. be restrictions in education, and you can't let you can't have religious schools that say, "Well, you know, Jesus is the only way." I mean, you just you. And when you start brainwashing kids at that age, there's no way they're going to be able to accept anybody mm. else. Man, that, yeah. Where, so where are we all headed then? Where, where do you think we're going? I mean, do you think we, we, it's, I, I, and I know I've said this before again on the podcast. I'm sorry, guys, I repeat myself. We've done 67 shows. But, you know, this pendulum swings one way and it invariably always swings back the other way. Right? Uh, so the question is, you know. How long um, it take and, and what the... We was talking Tommy's friends with uh, Chris Moore, who we had on the show um, um, a while back, and he had, has this book called Rooms, which yes. talks about um, the domestication. Domes- domesticized. Very good. All oh, right. Domestic. Yeah. How, I can't even say this word. I got a cold. Domesticating. Domesticization. I don't know. The, uh, you know, the human being is a, is a domestic creature now. It's been. Um, yeah, we're it's all been house trained, shall we say? Yeah. Um, no after like four hundred thousand years of being nomadic um, hunters and gatherers, live, living in small because, um, yeah. troops. He's, of, he's, he's um, nailed it. You know, twelve, twenty people. You know, and children would grow up babies would grow up with not just one parental figure but you know four or five in the group yeah. so they had their peers would be adults who were teaching them and now you know children's peers are other children you know on social media and stuff like that or and the parents the, who are absolute dickheads <coughs> uh, yeah i mean we, we've lost kind of what it is to be to be human um and i wonder if there'll be any kind of reaction against uh our, own, our domestic nature at the moment. I mean, there was in the 1960s a kind of countercultural um, yeah, commune. commune movement, yeah. you know, in Oregon, places like this in the States. Um, and I wonder if there'd be any but kind try, of movement. Try getting off the grid in the UK or in the United States. Try going off the grid. Try going <laughs> to live in, in, the, in the National Park. You'll get shot. You'll, 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 get, yeah. you'll get fucking... You'll get... Forcibly removed by jackbooted thugs. Well, there was You'll that seafaring couple down near Phuket recently who had built that vessel that they were living in, in what they thought to be international waters, so they wouldn't um, be subject to um, any particular country's tax laws. Where, where were they, they from? They, I, I, probably they the I think States. he was American yeah, and probably she the was Thai. Yeah, yeah, and they'd made what, their money like on wooden They'd made their money on cryptocurrency. Mm. Um, so it was kind of small as well, wasn't it? It was kind of yes. small vessel, but something like that could work if it was kind of like an oil rig, you know, a fixed platform. Have you heard of seasteading? That's what it was. Yeah, there was seasteading. a seasteading movement. Yes, that's yeah, what it was. and then people join. Apparently, are going to come and join. Oh, so it. that's how it works. They were planning yeah. to link up with other. So there's a great, great, great Joe Rogan podcast where the the godfather of this seasteading movement. It was about five years ago, 
was on and he described it perfectly. Oh, beautiful. And, and, he, and he, his, his, his vision for the future was that like countries would be like businesses wanting to attract clients. So these seasteading nations would be like, no, come to us. No, come to us. No, come to us. We've got the best rates on, on, on water, on food. We can give your children the best education. We can do this. And it would be about tra- attracting people to these countries rather than kicking people out. You know, nowadays, you, you're stuck in these places and, and God forbid, you know, you want to go somewhere better, you'll, you'll get kicked out on your fucking ass. But, the, you know, this future that he, he put forward was that these places would be... Um, revered and people would want to go to these places and and they would be fighting for your business and you'd have your own little whatever like 10 by 10 square meter platform and you'd float it to the other seastead and then you'd link on and then you'd hook up your utilities and stuff and then you'd be part wow. of it. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. Oh man. You keep talking, I'll show you some of the designs for these seasteading places. So there is hope. You know, even if it's not onshore, it might be offshore. Yeah. <coughs> so the, the, it's interesting that they, they made their money from crypto, and and they were where were they? They were hanging out, and what happened? That they came and fucking like. Well, they, 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 got they, they they actually, I think, built it in uh, in like Thai territorial waters. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of looks like those islands uh, in, in, the Dubai. D- in Dubai, yeah, yeah right. where, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, what a future that would be, but I, I don't really know enough about the situation to, to go out. Well, but if there are enough fish after we've overfished the oceans and polluted them with lots of plastic <sighs> to sustain me, yeah. that type of stuff. I've it, been it, watching videos point. all week of bloody... Um, T- uh, plastic straws being pulled it's out of toss his nose is unbelievable the whole thing it's just <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i mean we, we're all responsible as well i mean we um I, I told you my story about my my local 7-eleven um girl who every time i go in i say my dog take in the cup um don't put it in the plastic bag and then i recently found out tongue was a slang word for condom <laughs> as well and every, they call me Mr. Kun may they say Tung the man who doesn't, <laughs> doesn't wear, wear condoms. condoms and I got it's three so kids right so it kind of is backed up by it so and then I, I figured out what she was saying um, so the next time I went there she was like say Tung mate do you want to put it in a bag I said, uh, mm. I said, no, no choice. I don't make up. Can you, can you help me put it on? And can you help me put it in? And there was this That's cheeky brilliant. smile again. But she had no idea about plastic pollution, you know. But she had like a little bit of an idea about sexual health mm. awareness, and mm. uh, and I don't think people do. And I, I wonder how we can we can battle this. And I was thinking, well, it's Western know, people who are coming here to sort this pl- pollution thing out, isn't it? I mean, we have to sort we're it putting out. the pressure on. We, we have to sort it out. And, uh, you know, Vietnam, China, uh, Malaysia, Thailand, these are the big offenders. You know, I think mm. Australia have just outlawed plastic and I think the UK and parts of Europe are making Yeah, good. McDonald's, I well, think, see, in the I, UK. I, I, pl- I'm, I'm, I'm old enough, I'll date myself here. Everything was in paper, as we would call them in, in the U.S., paper sacks you, t- you took everything home all your groceries home yeah. in paper yeah. and then the problem was well we're cutting down all the trees so then we switched to plastic and now plastic mm. is a problem so it's 
it's kind of well. I mean, yeah. we need to go to, to things. And that's that we the dichotomy, isn't it? That the paper, okay, you've got to cut down trees, but it's biodegradable. Exactly. Plastics yeah. man-made, but it doesn't fucking go anywhere. But, so I mean, get going back to rooms and Chris's book. I mean, the problem is it's a lifestyle problem rather than a um, it is. a consumption problem. You know, if do we really need all this plastic <coughs> crap that do we, we buy? You know. Um, do you need to drink your drink through a straw? Do you no. need to do you need to carry your, your things home in a plastic bag? No, yeah, absolutely not. No, no. Just and, and take, take a rucksack and plastic bags. I'm sure if you got rid of those two things, it, there'd be a massive reduction. Yeah, I've got a and, uh, I've got the, a glass. Ball. The in, the independent article said that uh, the world would be over mass extinction by 2050 or something. Yeah, uh, but I think one thirty years, lads. I think one article I read said that it'd be more plastic in the sea than. And fish by the yeah. year 2000. Well, fish are like five wow. percent plastic anyway, aren't and they? Uh, that I can believe. Yeah, oh. that I can believe. Yeah, well, the problem is, is that as well that now we're ingesting this crap. We've got yes, micro microplastics, plastics in our sperm. Yeah, they're saying it's making guys infertile. Yeah, yeah. Well, that may be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I yeah, mean, well, na- nature has solutions, the, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've always. You know, the, the, the population thing is such an issue. And, it, you know, it's too bad we can't start education at a very young age and then, you know, implant birth control, give everyone one kid. Each person gets one kid chit. And you can either mm. use that kid chit to have a kid or you can sell that kid chit. And, and wealthy people may in. say, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll give you $2 million for your kid chit. And you're like, okay. Oh, that, that's really going to be open for abuse, though, that system, isn't it? Oh. Can you well, imagine? but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, but I mean, it, you're like, well, I mean, I never wanted to have kids and I'd much rather have the money mm. in the bank. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've never thought this genetic code was particularly any more special than any other genetic code. I mean, believe me, I like to practice, but I would never want it to take. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I just look at it's I mean, obviously, we really can't do anything about it except start educating at do, a very do, young age. Do you think age. Mother Nature has her own little ways of dealing with these things? Well, I like, think we're going like to have AIDS another. Well, I think we're going to have another like big. If, if you look at some of the, the, the viruses and bacteria that are re-emerging now but, with but, but thawing, now, I think But, we'll, but now we'll you've got science it. against Mother Nature, and it's kind of like this huge battle. Like, they tried to get us with AIDS, and we fucking fought back, and we got... We've sorted that out now, and then she'll come back with something else, like you say. Bubonic plays making a comeback. Syphilis, number one in the charts. And you've got all these different fucking things, and we're just firefighting as human beings, like one thing to the next. Like, let's put this fire out. Let's put that fire out. But eventually, Mother Nature's going to come back, and it's going to well, fucking beat it, us, it, and we're going to die. I, I totally think so. I mean, we're coming to the end of the age of antibiotics, which was relatively yes, short-lived. I mean, there's just nothing. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's been nothing really in the pipeline. That's because only, it's what, 100 not, years of antibiotics? You know, 19, and we're, what was it, during the, during the First World War. So, yeah, yeah it's about 100, 100 years. years. Yeah. And it it's very expensive. I Just mean, willy-nilly fucking prescribing them for anything. You've got a sore throat, antibiotics. You've got a fucking and development sore toe, for, antibiotics. For pharma, development of antibiotics is expensive and it's not particularly profitable. And oh, that's the problem with this. Not is the, to mention the problem with farming pharma. antibiotics. Yeah. Pharma, pharma decides what oh, they pharma. want to develop based on profit margin. And so... 
you know, if they would focus on, you know, different ways of, of fighting bacteria, if there was enough money put into it, they would, they would it's figure it out a way, way. But it's got to be, it's got to be profitable. Yeah, yeah but I, I thought you were saying farming then, because that's a big problem as well. Because well, with the antibiotics and farming, Yeah, getting yeah. fucking pumped full of them, and that's getting to us, and then we've got oh, pesticides yeah. in our food that then kill the bacteria in our stomach because it's been transferred through the food. Oh, I could so go it's, on. Yeah, it's 400,000 years of living that hunter-gatherer nomadic lifestyle. And Absolutely. And, and, and 5,000 years, 10,000 years. 5,000 years of agriculture. Yeah, agriculture and, uh, you know, well, a couple of thousand really. years of, uh, a few hundred years of post-industrial revolution. Absolutely. And that's the, in, it's the industrial it's not revolution. The way, it's not what we were built for. No. Exactly. <laughs> Who, I was thinking this the other day. Who fucking made up working nine to five, 40 hour week. Some rich dude who didn't want to work. That's right. Who made up three That's meals right. a day? Who made up the food pyramid? Who made up fucking going to college? Having to get a further education and it's all human it, It's all a scam, Mickey. Construct. And the problem is, Bullshit. by the time you realise it's all a scam, you're too old. You're out of game. That's right. That's exactly. Right. That's right. <coughs> Pre, I mean, if you, I probably... We really didn't have much of an idea of private property until agriculture came along, but but yeah, then it was kind of like around. yeah. I mean, if you look, one of my one of my favorite um, folks and groups are st- who are still around are the Mosu, and and it's one of the it's one of the last uh, matrilineal. Truly, true matriarchies, and and the women, men are—it's it, fabulous. I mean, was this in Africa? Well, no, no, no. It's 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 it, it's in Asia, in, oh, okay. in in kind of the foothills of the Himalayas. Okay. And the most are really interesting, if you read about them, because men—it's this—and this sounds terrible, but it's a great thing. Men are not allowed to own property, and okay, and right. everything, and 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 the the villages, and and basically, there's only one sin, and that's jealousy. And so the men have this idyllic life where they, they hunt, they fish a yeah. little bit, and there's a little bit of horticulture, but everybody's incredibly promiscuous. And, and the way the villages are built is all the, the women's rooms, the doors open outward. And so as long as a guy's gone by the morning, you can, you know, have whoever you want as a lover. And so the, the, and, and, you know, even though the women own everything, they treat the males incredibly well, unlike, you know, patriarchies where Mm. women are not treated particularly well. And then, you know, when kids come, they're raised in their mother's village. And, you know, men just kind of have this, oh, I'm going to go hang out with the boys and fish. I think if she likes me, I'll screw her tonight. And I'm like, wow, that is just <laughs> wonderful. And, you know, so many guys bristle, no, I'm going to earn money for my family. And I'm a big, yeah, like this whole yeah. Jordan Peterson yes. tough guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm being a man. You Clean know, your just, room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You know, give me give me nothing except hanging out with the dudes in a, in a, yeah. in a lot of different Drinking. vaginas. And I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty go okay out, with that. hunt uh, with a, you know, and it's been proven that the male species, or you know, work really good in bands of about twelve. You know, I don't know if you've been on a film set or you've been in bands, uh, and they I've have worked the, for companies, James, and yeah, you're you, right. You know, the smaller teams. Mm. You know, um, sure. there's, there's a, and that's why they have like platoons in the army. And you know, for years we've worked out that you know it's about the same size as a, as a hunting party. Interesting. You know? Jesus and his twelve <coughs> disciples. I mean, that turned out there you go. brilliantly, yeah, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, but I mean, see, see, now I've got a theory on that. Is that you know. You've got this guy's supposedly the son of God, and you got twelve dudes, 
and you got one prostitute. And and you know what? I think Judas was tired of sloppy 13ths, and he said, I'm turning the big guy in. If I'm the son of God, each one of my followers has way that more. so funny. Know, several prostitutes. I mean, yeah. I, I'm totally convinced that's what that's happened. That's so funny. They're all saying, why is this fucker getting all, exactly. the, getting all the attention? I mean, yeah. what about us? Look at us. What about you, Judas? What about you, Matthew, yeah. Luke, and Paul? Yeah. Whatever they're called, and you, you know, know, you know, the, the, let's rise up against him. The, and everyone says, "No, no." And Judas, like, Judas, Judas is like, uh-uh. "I've had enough of this cunt." Well, <laughs> you know, the big guy was probably hung like a Shetland pony, and maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe Judas was like a field mouse. So it was like maybe uh, he had a micro penis. Yeah, could have, could have. Maybe, maybe Iscariot really <laughs> I translates it. to micro. Uh, yeah, maybe it's an anagram, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> penis, maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll let yeah, the listeners work it out. <laughs> Should we have a little break? We're on 59 minutes. Yeah, we can do, yeah. We, we, we don't like to go for more than an hour because it makes the files big. Just, I mean, who who's listening to this? Why am I, why am I saying this? Just stop it. Okay. And he, he compares them, yeah, compares them to pigs, and he says that's an awful lot of pigs. Still, my favorite, my favorite book, my favorite Thai book is that, what, what's the, uh, oh, it's the science fiction one that came out about three or four years ago. Um, oh, about the, uh, the wind-up girl. About the, yeah, the wind-up girl. Yeah, yeah, about I think the flooding in Bangkok. What, you literally wind him up and let, let him go? I think she's a sex robot. She is, she's a sex yeah. robot. But it's funny, it starts, the whole thing starts about with, uh, with a discussion of rambutans. It's, it's really a good, <laughs> right. Paulo, Paulo Bach. He it's got an unpronounceable yeah. He's American, Christian actually, name, which is but it won, it won the Nebula Award, right. um, so really? it did really well. It's and it was written about Thailand? Oh, it's written about in a the future, future Bangkok. Yeah. It's, it's, and wow. it's obvious that he knows a lot about He lived in China for quite a while and visited Bangkok, so he has a lot of knowledge of mm-hmm. the culture here, and he weaves it into the book. It's What's great. What's it called? The it's, Wind-Up Girl. And it's, it's often the guys that don't live here that come and pull it out of the bag with yeah. like successful novels. And it reminds me of I The Beach as well, yeah. Oh, the Beach yeah, did the very beach. well, and he was just a tourist, really. Oh, uh, fuck, Alex Garland. Yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking about that. Uh, no, sorry, it was in the news, wasn't it? I mean, because was basically they fucked it up. Partially the reason... Uh, that a lot of the guys came over here, oh, man. myself included. I didn't come you know. because of the beach, but the beach came out after I'd booked my ticket. And the first time I came to meet my brother in 2000, it was in 2000, and the beach had just come out, and I'd just watched it before I came, and it was fucking awesome, and I couldn't wait to get it. It was it so was really, cool. It really kind of captures... It was so cool. Mm. The, the book was really fun, and I remember back... Um, but it's all bullshit, though, isn't it? I mean... What about it goes back to what we were talking about utopian societies as well, doesn't yeah. it? You know, living, but that place living off never the existed, grid. Or, or did it? Was there a cool place like that that people came and lived? And well, you know, a friend, a friend of mine who is uh, it was who lives like in, that. I think it was. I mean, yeah, a friend of mine Copenhagen was and you could, you exactly off the grid and you'd exactly. live, you know, yeah, it was. Really? You know, I mean, when I first came to Thailand, I went straight to Koh Samui and Copenhagen and just lived there for months. And it was kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a mm. beach fantasy. It, 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 it was, yeah. absolutely. My friend Warren, who he's, he's lived in Cambodia for years and years, but he was coming to Thailand in the mid-90s, and he said he remember the first time he went to Sumet. He, he was there about a week or two. He was sitting on the beach and got to talking to these people, and he's like, well, how long have you been here? And they said, well, about two months. 
And he said, well, have you been to the other side of the island? And they said, nah, we may go there next month. And that was just that was just kind of the attitude. Mm. Speaking of books, yeah. one of my favorites about Southeast Asia is Ahmet Gilboa's Off the Rails in Phnom Penh. Oh, we were talking about oh. this recently. And it was like that. God, what what a brilliant... I mean, Phnom Penh in the late well, 90s, early 2000s. It's about Phnom Penh in the pre, uh, pre-coup and how, just how crazy it was. I mean, it was just... it's. It was from a Western point of view. Yeah, from Westerners living there. From memory, and I read this, I bought it off like one of these street kids who sold books back in the day in in Phnom Penh, you know. Uh And from memory, correct me, um, I'm probably wrong, but it was set inside a guest house, a lot of it. And there were like loosely connected stories of characters who were living in the guest house. So there was a guy who bought the um, um, AK-47 from the Russian market and just started firing it in the streets you know and these were the kind of there was a lot of drug taking yes. and uh, it did really well as well it was really, oh yeah it did and I looked at it recently I was talking to to Niall from the Sanxon Massacre the other day and he was talking about off the rousing put on pen he hadn't read it uh, but he thought he thought it looked a bit suspect and I was like no dude that actually no, it internationally did, did yes. really well you can see it has all these reviews on Amazon. And, and you talked to, to, to guys who were there in, in, in the middle late 70s, I mean middle late 90s in, in Phnom Penh, and it was just, it was just, I mean, it was really, the wild east. yeah, it really yeah. was. It was just nuts. Wasn't it all, nah, I'm, I'm one episode without that. You know, well, you know where I was going, don't you? Well, I, I remember traveling there in, you know, 2002 or whatever, and just being a little bit scared to like walk the streets at night. Um, and I had I had the tuk tuk driver who would stand outside or wait outside the hotel and take me where I, and I've been back since and I'll walk anywhere in Phnom Penh. In fact, I don't take tuk tuks, but I don't know if I was if it was actually more dangerous then or if I was just I, you more know nervous. I don't know. I mean, my first cut, my first trip there was December of '99, and then we went 13 times in three years. And after the second trip, we're renting big 250 motorbikes and we're driving around the street you know, just out of our heads at 9 o'clock at night, and there's 16-year-olds guarding parking lots with AKs waving at us. I mean, I just thought it was, I thought it Amazing. was an absolute mm. hoot, man. And, you know, you just, I, I think just like any other place, my, my friend Warren, I remember him grabbing me, and he says, look, there's one law here. Don't hurt anybody. And I think as long <laughs> as you kind of, I think as long as you seriously just, you know, you did what you wanted to do. You, you you were nice to people. You didn't hurt anybody. You were fine. You weren't and friends with Gary you were Glitter. Left along. No, no, no. Absolutely not. And funny enough, back then, uh, Duncan Kilburn, who was the saxophone player for the Psychedelic Furs, owned a bar in Nam Penh. Really? Before, and then he moved back to Australia. And I didn't know that till he was already gone, or I would have been. You like the Psychedelic Furs? Oh, the first two albums. First two albums were fantastic. The third album that Todd Rundgren produced, not real thrilled. But when the, this, the Lily White albums are very, very good. Steve Lily White. Steve Lily White. He lives in Malaysia, right? Uh, well, does he really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know that for a fact. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in the stuff he did, like you know, the Furs, XTC, Teardrop Explodes, Echo and the Bunnymen. You know, I just, I, I still love that stuff. Mm, mm, very, very good. Well, I don't love U2, but I love Echo. I don't like U2. U2 is not my favorite. I think mm. I think their first album was incredibly interesting be, just because 
uh, it was very different. But then after that, I was not real, mm. not real fond. I I love a lot of American music. I must say, I like um, the Flaming Lips. Love the Flaming Lips. Oklahoma City. Mm. Mm. Is that where you're from? I'm from about four hours south of there in Fort in Texas, Fort Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah, you said Texas, yeah. right? And I like Mid Lake, although they're they're not together anymore. Um, yeah, I but Flaming Lips, absolutely, I love them so much. They were so well. They're still around now. He's just had a baby, actually, Wayne Coyne. Uh, follow him on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I don't know well, I, grew up, I mean, my life changed when I heard, you know, when I heard the Sex Pistols. And, and you yeah. know, to me, I mean, The Clash is my favorite band ever, but I look at most of the bands I loved growing up, and they were English bands. Yeah. Not American. I mean, I well, cut my movement. teeth on rock and roll, but, mm. you know, American rock and roll. But then when I heard, you know, that stuff, I'm like, oh, ho, 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 ho. Yeah, it really gets your hackles up, doesn't it? That kind of punk stuff. Mm. Well, it does. And I mean, then, you know, like what it morphed into, you know, post-punk and yeah, Joy yeah. Division, Joy um, Div- oh, New hell, Order. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, mm. I, a lot of, I like a lot of electronic from that era. I mean, you look at Acid the Human House, League, yeah. Throbbing Gristle. Happy Mondays. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Happy Mondays were brilliant. Have we got some stories? Should Black we do some stories? Grape. Yeah. Black Grape, yeah. Um, what do we have for the news team this week? Well, I'm just uh, trying to connect with our news girl down in um, in uh, Pocket, uh, but I'm not quite getting a signal at the moment. Oh no, she's here. She's here, okay. and she's saying that something to do with a Chinese teen who sold his kidney for an iPhone oh, is now right. is now yeah. in bed. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. is all that about? I think it was so two iPhones, Vice. wasn't it? Um, why do I need a second kidney? One is enough, said Wang Shang Kun, who has since suffered organ failure. <laughs> Wang Shang Kun. <laughs> Back in 2011, a Chinese teacher sold one of his ki- teenager sold one of his kidneys so he could buy the latest Apple device. Then the 17-year-old Wang Shang Kun peddled the organs on the black market for the equivalent of about four and a half Aussie dollars before using the money to purchase an iPad 2 and an iPhone 4. Why do I need a second kidney, Wang said at the time, according to the Epoch Times. One is enough. Tragically, a 25-year-old is now attached to a dialysis machine and is likely to be bedridden for life after suffering renal deficiency. Oh, that's kind of sad, isn't it? I mean, is there any... You know, would you put a price on any of your organs, external or internal? Um, I don't know. Can I, sh- can I sell members. my nipples? I'll sell my nipples. Yeah. Male nipples are completely useless, so I would sell yeah. my nipples. Uh, are they useless, uh, though, Tommy? That is the yes, question. I've researched this, Tommy. <laughs> uh, Holy I, shit. I used to work for a, um, a YouTube channel, and they'd give you questions that you had to write, like, a thousand words about, and then they would animate it and have a narrator speak. Uh, and make a cartoon that went to like five million kids, and one of the questions was one week was why do men have nipples? Mm. And uh, there's no biological reason, but it is possible for men to actually produce milk um, if they have a baby suckling on them, or they take the right amount of hormones or whatever. So yeah, I mean, you, you said yourself we you can lactate. You d- you, we can lactate, and there's a lactating lady boy um, across lactating. the road, not but, far from here. But you mentioned you don't want to be a father, so you know uh, nipples can go. Um, also, also uh, toes. 
toes or thumbs? Any kind of digits? Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know about your thumb though, because oh, no, you need your I'm thumb. a guitar player, so yeah, I kind of need those. Yeah, you get rid of your yeah. pinky. Yeah, but you want to keep your thumb, don't you? Because that's what gives you the grip. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget the procedure. I think if you lose a thumb, the medical procedure is to take a toe take off, toe off take yeah. a big and, toe. and replace it. So yeah. maybe you could you could lose a toe. And if you lose your cock, take your yeah, nose. What would you do? Take your nose. Take your. I don't know. You'd have to take like three of my fingers and like put them all together to get the right length. But for you'd me. need your fingers. No good having a having, <laughs> having a penis and nothing to stimulate it with. Yeah, you don't just want a floppy like pit of. Um, uh A useless appendage. Spaghetti. Yeah. Wet noodle. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about vloggers? Okay, so this was Chuck Wow, who was uh, Chuck, Chuck Wow, wow. in Thai means wow. it means a kite. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Wow. Oh, that refers to masturbation. It's, right, a, it's yeah. a kite, but it's also a euphemism for masturbation. Flying Why? Is a it kite. because you fly a kite like this? Yeah, so wow is a kite. But that infers that you Chuck have a massive a penis, fly. Though, doesn't it? I mean, if you're having to, I don't know. Oh, if you could, if you, if the people on the podcast could see what I was doing, they'd understand. But Yeah, uh, he was masturbating uh, live on air. I didn't, uh, but But no, this guy, um, Chuck Wow, he was on anyway. Walking Street in Patea. Now, Patea is like Sin City in Thailand, like Vegas without a casino and with more um, mm. uh, prostitution. Uh, but this guy was. There filmed. is no prostitution. Oh the no, there was. There is no there. prostitution. It's just been confirmed recently yes, there that is no the, the police and the army did a oh, sweep. That's right. Yeah. There's no uh, prostitution. Yeah. So sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, but this guy Chuck Wow was looking for potential. Um, John. Prostitution. Prostitution. Yeah, and, and, he, and he filmed happened, an Mickey? interaction between a lady boy, didn't he? And and a uh, well. Well, first of all, there he, was he, a chunky he, girl. Oh, the chunky girl with a massive booty. She had a massive booty. Could you put a set of encyclopedias on it? I think you could probably put like A to G. And ask the size yeah. of Indochina. Yeah, and more. Um, and yeah, so he filmed the girl with a big booty and then he sort of turned to... He, he, he was sort of um, surmising that the guy didn't know that it was a lady boy. But whatever. They usually know. I mean that's yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. It's, they, they, so it's he, and then he filmed some kind of interaction between between those two, and then they were kind of like looking at his phone and doing something, and then they just kind of said yeah, and then they walked off together. So they obviously agreed a price. Yeah, I think was a thing. Well, how much do you think? Two five. I've got no idea. One five, three. That was but rent I, a dude corner. I remember mm. filming a scene down at the Miami Hotel, just down the road here, oh. and. Mm. Uh, we had um, a prostitute in the bed and a, uh, a John who was actually John Sampson who played the sex tourist. Really? And, uh, comedy John. And I was, yeah, comedy John, big John, yeah. And uh, we were trying to figure out how much that these women get for like a short time you or whatever. <laughs> and, all, and all the, um, we had like the sound guy, the, um, the electrician guy, you know. Are they all we, we had a crew and they were all, uh, discussing it amongst himself. No, I'd give her fouls and I'd give her two fouls. <laughs> and, and, you know, this... Uh, no, come in. Come in. This, uh, yeah, model, actress, girl was, you know... Uh, in but anyway, how did I get there? Tart of Darkness. Vlogging. Oh, vlogging. Yeah. Vlogging. The Tart of Darkness. So vlogging the log. Vlogging yeah. the logging. Yeah, so Jordan's just turned up. Fucking late as fuck. But, um, yeah, never mind. How you doing, mate? 
<laughs> so I think we're nearly done anyway. We're we're quite far in. Uh, but we need the punchline of the um, Chuck Wow. Oh yeah. So yeah, Chuck Wow basically is a massive cock, um, and he was filming people who had no right to film, and he he met his his match. He met his fate in the he shape of fate. a motorcycle taxi yeah. driver. He so told him to stop yeah, filming. Tells him to stop filming. Then the camera kind of goes dark, and then you hear this <laughs> <laughs> like one person spits on another. Uh, yeah. yeah, he yeah he knocked him down probably with some help with, from his buddies spat in the wind, and then spat on him whilst he was down, and then the <laughs> camera just—it's almost as, it's almost like a short art film. Yeah, you know? it's, it's beautiful. It's quite poetic. It's got isn't an atang- it, antagonist. It's got a protagonist. It's got a big beginning, middle, end. It's got a little punchline at wonderful. the end, a little twist to the towel. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> well, that whole—I mean, I think the whole—it's we were talking earlier. There are so many vloggers out there now that are filming in red light areas and it's just it's incredibly invasive it's not right it's, is it it's not really a, a great thing and i mean if i want to go down nana plaza and pull a six foot four inch kind of guitar with a huge pecker with a huge pecker and a ma- and a that should be your it, right yeah i should be able to As do a that <laughs> without being filmed and without yes. it being broadcast on youtube to millions of people so that's where i stand on it yeah i stand in a position, if, if you don't want it to be filmed, just don't do it. No, James. <laughs> that's not right. We can't live in a society like that. that that's kind of like when you say, well, it's all right if the government are, uh, are taping me because I'm not doing anything yeah, it's wrong. It's true, actually. It's probably the wrong Yeah, I know you don't approach. really believe that, though. You, you're just trying to... A- no, yes, I, do. I do. I do. Oh, really? If I ever walk in those areas, I, I, I'm... Wear a do hood. it on the basis that I'm being filmed <laughs> at all times. You wear a dis- like a Groucho Marx set of glasses and a, and a nose and a moustache. <laughs> well, those anomalous masks. At some point, we either have to legislate this or let it go, and we have to say, well, if you're filming people and posting that without permission, then, you know, they can... Grab the photo deal of you and with smash yeah. it Well, I mean, they can they can say, "Hey, you don't have my permission to use this." So, I mean, we're starting to do that. We do, we do that with 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 other media. We do that with with songs. Uh, you know, mm. why why should your you know your actions and your images be treated is, any is, different? Is there a? Um, I wonder now if there's a program out there that can scrub the web for images of your face. And then, I think if and you're rich, back. yeah, if you're rich, you well, can clean up that, everything bad. I think about that would you. be available for yeah. $5 in 20 years. Oh, well, well we probably sooner, years. probably sooner yeah. than that. I mean, it's just and a matter cons- of, of compute power, really, yeah. because if you, you know, I mean, storage for that's not an issue. It's just yeah. how fast it can compute. So, it. so what happens then? You pay $5, you get 14 days or whatever. You can scrub the web. It, it, it alerts you to any YouTube videos that has got a picture of your face on it, and then you can go down, yeah. and then and, and then it works there's with text and as then well. and then yeah. on YouTube there'll be like a a, diff, a new button that says claim that used to be copyright claim, and it'd be yeah. like face claim, yeah. like image claim or something. You you yeah. you use to my buy image. your own identity. Yeah. So either take this video down, or actually I get the money on this video. I can monetize this video because yeah. it's my face on Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. very interesting, and I think that I think you you will see that. Why don't we do that? Well, I had we this should build that in, up now. In the my cost. book, uh, Fun City Punch, everything's recorded, and they have what they call the eye, a camera much like China, in China, you know, where they record everything. But if you go to the central offices, you can buy back your files 
um, so you can buy back um, the recordings and of you speaking in bars. If, yeah, wow. and, and it depends on who you are, how expensive it is. And someone else can buy your details as well, so you can go oh, into an man. auction. You know, if oh, you know. that sounds. But that's, awesome. prob- that's probably where we're going, isn't it? You know, yeah. and it would work for text as well. You know, mm. so if anyone's written something about you in a blog, you can go and have that removed. Um, Fun city punch. Go yeah. and buy it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, Tommy, well. where can people find you? On or do you want people to find you? That, that's well, what I'll say. Well, you know, I mean, I, I I don't know if I'm really found for anything. When you know the fishes play, when I play with Ryan Holliger, I'm found there. I don't really. So, you know, so let, really let, let's just explain to our listeners that you support Typort FC. Oh yes, I'm a huge Typort fan. Uh, eight years now. Yeah, you know, so you do really that, and you play with the band, the Fishers, as well. Yep. So there's two there's two kind of places you're prominent. Yeah, there's I kind of two things that I kind of I kind of you do. Kind of known you for. know, I yeah. I um I don't I you know I I don't really the odd article on Facebook. Yeah, and, I'm and, pretty. I I guess my politics are. I guess saying left wing would be kind of an understatement. I'm, mm. you know, become farther and farther left as I've gotten older. So I post you're not a, a lot. Snow, you're not Antifa, though, are you? Huh? You're not Antifa. Well, I wouldn't say that I am. I mean, I the, the thing is, I'm I'm not real with the identity politics and all that. I mean, you know, I'm 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 fine with you know if if you want to be called whatever, you know. But I I just. You know, we, we've, we've got a million pronouns, this, that, and the other. And I, I find the American left, instead of concentrating on Medicare for all, breaking up big tech, these types of things, they're, they're more focused on identity politics, which mm. drives me nuts. But, no, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm anti-FA, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely for breaking up the big banks. I'm definitely for more, you know, corporate oversight, mm-hmm. uh, these types of things. I'm looking, I'm looking at... I'm really into a thing called MMT, Modern Monetary Theory, which kind of discusses how, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the left and, and the right are, are both anti-central banks, and I'm, I'm not so much, and I, I'm not a big fan of cryptocurrency or anything like that because, you know, I don't want my currency or anything like to have a value. I want the government to be able to say, okay, because they, they do create currency out of thin air, and it's just a system of debits and credits, and that gives them the freedom to create a healthcare system, this, that, and the other. So, you know, yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of occupied with those mm. types of things lately, you know? Right. And so to, uh, I, I think it would be fair to say that you you want a fair and just world. Well, I would. As, as I would yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, we, would, we would like to see that. And, you know, we'd like to see a world where we can move about and live and work wherever mm. we want without, you know, without borders and without constraints. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that would be nice. But, I, you know, to, to kind of tie this into what we were talking about earlier, you know, older dudes offing themselves. I think you realize as you get in your 50s that the world is not going to change as much as you thought it was going to change. It, with, with the positive aspects is and you know you just kind of look and go wow this is kind of shitty you know and in some ways we were on more of a right track i mean christopher moore said once to me we're entering a technological dark ages yeah. and i can't really disagree with that right now you know it's 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 looking kind of kind of bleak for our ideas of what freedom was and this that and mm. the other so yeah you know we'll see I think that's a that's a, a thoughtful and provocative way to end the podcast. Um, yeah, it's been a so great show. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, so thanks it's for been, having it's been me. I cool really enjoyed it, guys. It's been really cool. So, 
just Tommy, do you want, we've done this already, I know, but you didn't actually give you details. Is it Tommy on, I mean, do you want people to find him? Yeah, I guess I'm Tommy Duncan on Facebook. So T-O-M-M-I-E Duncan, yeah. Duncan I mean, there's probably somewhere. See, the, the funny thing so is look that, for Bangkok. that name, T-O-M-M-I-E, in the U.S., it's black women that have that name. Right. Uh. And it's, it's interesting because my grandfather has that name. And my father has that name. And they so, loved black women. Well, no, I think <laughs> oh, that sorry. for some reason, <laughs> each child was anticipated to be a black woman. <laughs> and and they were kind of shocked when it, it, it wasn't. But they still named yeah. three of us subsequently after black women. Well, at least it wasn't Lakeisha. <laughs> or Shaniqua. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had I, to end. I, I, I was teaching in a, in a class once, and I had a Shaniqua and an anti Shaniqua. That was very interesting. A N T I Shaniqua and a Shaniqua. Get so, the fuck out! No, of no, 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 seriously. <coughs> Were they close? Huh? <laughs> I tried to keep them separate. <laughs> Are you sure one of them just wasn't the mother's sister? No, this is. This was. So this it wasn't was, anti Shaniqua. Okay. I right. no no. I was oh, I, I was I I was worried about the uh, you know the second coming and the revelation. And all that imagine kind of if stuff. You, imagine if you were in a class and you were called Mike and then somebody turned up in the class anti-Mike. and they were anti Mike. The anti Mike. Like the the evil Christ, dude. Imagine if your name's Christ. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, once I had I I had I you know I I taught in a, in a in a in an area that was very Hispanic. And and one time quite I had a few Jesuses, there, no, and yeah. I brought that up. I said there were three of them in there. And I said, wait a minute, we're going out to the fountain. You guys are going to get in there, and we're going <laughs> to see who's the real one. <laughs> see, I couldn't do that. Now the kids loved it and thought it was hilarious. And, and now I would get fired. You'd, for you'd it. be done for persecution. No, yeah. now now I'd get fired. Why well, ain't very nice? But anyway, right, you can find us at this strange life on uh, Facebook, uh, strange life dot this on Tinterweb. And that's it. Uh, find me at CryptoMic on Twitter. Yep. Uh, have a great day, guys. That's yeah. Uh, and come hope. to the Sportsman Soy 13. Yeah. We're recording a live lounge. Uh, you can, no, you can't come and watch it. But uh, come and enjoy the beautiful drinks and food and great pool tables and sports. Okay, peace out. Bye bye. We're guys. going out to a bit of humour. And we're all done.
Shoot the icons for the icons. Icons should be icons. Shoot the 